This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. As always on a Tuesday, it's the big picture sponsored by Investec Asset Management in Cape Town. This week we speak to Russell Silverstone at Investec Asset Management in London. We're going to talk about a currency that we never talk about and it's wrong of me not to have talked about it for quite a while. We talk about the Euro-Dollar exchange rate, we talk about the RAND obviously against a basket of currencies but we've completely ignored the Japanese yen and ignore it at your peril. I think that's the word about to come out from Russell Silverstone in London. Russell, the Japanese yen, much maligned, but quietly over the years, if you go back to 1975 and even beyond that, the yen has been a long-term bull market against the US dollar. Absolutely, Lindsay, and that was just quite a lot about the US dollar, of course. So, yeah, the, the yen's an interesting one because after the sort of stock market bubble in the late 1980s in Japan, Everyone forgot about it. The bond market was a, was a graveyard for bond investors. Everyone assumed that, that sort of inflation was going to take hold, but really nothing sort of happened. But the economy has been deleveraging. So sort of corporate companies have paid back their debt, households have been deleveraging. And the yen is a really interesting currency in that it's, it's what we would call defensive, i.e. if markets are sort of risk off, if we're nervous about the world, the yen rallies and vice versa. But at the moment, as we look at things in Japan, actually, you scratch the surface in Japan and, and underneath things are happening. So the, this is really the impacts of abenomics, which, which I think we've sort of touched on before. And yet the yen as a currency, we mark as around about 14 or 15 percent cheap. So if you have a very cheap currency where actually the economic fundamentals are improving and everybody's looking the other way, then we think it's a really interesting story for 2018. Let's go back a little bit historically and give us an idea of exactly from where the yen has come. I look at the yearly graph and it's currently one US dollar buying 112.50, 112.5 Japanese yen. And it's been more or less sideways over the over the last year or so. But if we go back to when, for example, Mr. Abe came into power and initiated uh, Abenomics, as you just mentioned, where does it come from? And what has attracted people into the yen quietly? Is it the sudden sort of mini resurgence in GDP? Is it the pickup in inflation? Is it the pickup in spending? Yeah. What can you attribute it to? But just go back to where it's come from first. Yeah, absolutely. So before sort of Abenomics and during the Eurozone crisis, the dollar yen was sort of down at 80, about, I think it was down to about 75. Yeah. It's now at 112 and a half or so. So the yen has sold off hugely. And there's two things about that. One, it's the interest rate differentials between Japanese interest rates and U.S. interest rates. So as, as the, the Federal Reserve has began to raise rates, as, we, as we've discussed previously, the dollar became more attractive, and so it appreciated against the yen. But the other thing was also when Prime Minister Abe was elected, he basically unveiled what were called the three arrows. And this was a sort of a big monetary easing, a big fiscal easing, and, and, and sort of trying to reform that economy. And everyone assumed, and, and, and perhaps rightly so, that that would, that would devalue the yen as the Bank of Japan, as we know, just printed huge amounts of money. Absolutely. 
absolutely monumental amounts of money and just bought endless amounts of Japanese government bonds. And of course, that, that all things being equal, that is a negative for Japanese yen. So the yen went from around about 75, the end of 2011, to a low point of around about 125 during 2015. And since then, it's sort of rallied back and, 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 and now said it's about 1212 and a half. But what we think the story is here is, is that actually economics is beginning to gain traction. And slowly but surely, you can see Japan recovering. Now, the economy is growing around about 15 to 1.7%. That's not fantastically high, but the trend rate of growth in the US is only 1.8%. We've grown above that at the moment, but you know, in a global context, it's not that bad. And inflation, it's not at 2%, but it's still uh, underlying inflation, still just under 1%, which in the economy uh, like Japan, where you do have this big aging population, we think that's you know pretty good. And now what's beginning to change and why we're, we're so bullish is that the Bank of Japan are picking up on this and they're saying, okay, you know what, maybe, maybe the risks of what we're doing on our monetary policy, which is just this incredible amount of sort of money printed, maybe we need to sort of pull back on that slightly. And it's this sort of change in central bank dynamic that really drives currencies. You know, think about the Federal Reserve raising rates when that's done to the dollar. Think about the recovery in the eurozone and the ECB tapering and what that's done to the euro. So we think, you know, we're going to see a similar story in the end for next year. And then really that's why we're so bullish. Very good. And this is, of course, a non-consensus view. Everyone doesn't hate the yen, but everyone just sort of ignored the yen, as my radio program has ignored the yen. But ignore it at your peril. You've had this view for a little while now. Can you maybe tell us exactly how you play a strong yen, apart from obviously delving into the currency markets uh, directly? How do you play it? Yeah, I mean, the other way to look at it is, is you could become negative on the bond market and the uh, Japanese 10-year government bond is just five basis points. If you think the Bank of Japan are going to ease back slightly, then you need to be negative on Japanese government bonds. And the other interesting play, of course, is the equity market. It, it has rallied. But again, you know, if you think that this is an economy that is actually reforming itself, then arguably Japanese equities look really interesting as well. You know, that third arrow, the, sort of the bottom-up reforms of the economy, again, they're beginning to gain traction. So, so you know, all around, we think it's quite, quite, a, quite an interesting story. Of course, it's a double-edged sword because Japan is a big importer. It's also a big exporter. So there's always this trade-off between, well, the Japanese yen is nice and strong now, so that's bad for exporters, particularly the car industry and companies like Sony, etc. But as Japanese industry started to learn how to cope with that, particularly with a yen that actually has been in a fairly tight trading band for the last year? Without a doubt, I think corporate treasuries are completely savvy to this. And, and I'll use the example of what happens in Germany and, and say in Switzerland, you know, the Swiss franc is similar to the yen in a way. It's a, it's a very, defend, what we call a very defensive currency. It's a, it's a go-to in a crisis. And they're exactly the same. You know, exporters, one, they can hedge, two, they understand currency well, and three, they live with this sort of volatility um, for a considerable time. So I don't I don't think it's a problem, um, personally. And, um, you know, what has been driving it is, is these sort of interest rate expectations, i.e. if US rates are going up, then you, you sell the yen. But that's that's changing. Um, so, so, so we think corporate treasury is absolutely fine. But, you know, nobody seems to be picking up on this story. So it's, it's an interesting opportunity. How far do you think it's got to go? Here we are, merrily going along, as I said, $1 buying 112, yep. 113 Japanese yen. Do you have a target on it or do you just play the fact that it is strong and stable? 
I think uh, strong and stable. There's, a, there's an interesting phrase um, for, 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 a, for a UK uh, UK resident. Um, yes. the, we market around about 14 to 15 percent cheap. So if you think how how we think about currency, you know, here's a strong economy that has a very weak currency that's very cheap. Um, so we think if that fair value closes up, we would look for the yen to rally 14 or 15 percent. So if it gets back to fair value, we'd say thank you very much and and, and close down our long positions. Anything that could scupper this view? I mean, obviously a wild card would be its proximity to North Korea and there's already been a few ICBMs lobbed over the Sea of Japan going over certain Japanese islands and actually falling quite close. Is that a risk at all? Does that sort of detract from its safe haven status? Well, this is why the yen is such an interesting currency because no, actually, it's very, very defensive. So what would happen in practice is is, is that, you know, if, say, say for example, you know, the, the terrible earthquake they had a few years back, uh, money typically gets repatriated back to back to the mainland. Um, and, and so the yen has this sort of you know, very defensive quality, which if there's any sort of geopolitical uncertainty, it tends to rally. I mean, I think the things that could really, really go wrong, I think, are just sort of you know, more macro than that. So uh, the economy relapses, um, inflation really just doesn't take hold. The Bank of Japan don't actually you know, pull back from their super easy policy. They're the sort of things that we would look for. But you know, one of the reasons we do like the yen so much, it does have this defensive policy, and, and it's very rare in the world at the moment to actually find something that you could say, yes, we'll rally if we have a quick drawdown in equities, if we have a sudden and unexpected geopolitical event. So, so, so actually, you know, I, I think that sort of thing, you know, let's obviously hope nothing like that happens. But if it does, you know, we would expect the yen actually to perform very well under those circumstances. Very finally, politics. I was speaking to somebody in Tokyo a couple of months ago trying to arrange a trip for Easter of next year. And this woman said to me that she doesn't like Abe, but she is voting for him. He seems to be, as here's that phrase again, strong and stable. So not much political risk either, I don't think. Not at all. And, and obviously there was an election, a snap election, a couple of months back, and everyone was worried that he was doing exactly what, what our own sort of um, unfortunate prime minister in the UK didn't call a snap election and, and get it horribly wrong. But actually, no, he had a landslide. And, and, and I think, you know... I haven't been, but you know, looking as an outsider, looking in, I, I, I think Japan knows what it needs to do, um, actually, and, and 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 he's the sort of he's the leaders to, to to do that, and I think he's also a very nationalist agenda as well. So you know, I, I don't say make Japan great again, um, to coin a phrase, but it, it, it's still this nationalist agenda, and he seems to be incredibly popular. So that, so you know, on on a, on a one to two year view, there doesn't appear to be any political risk either. Very good, Russell. Thanks so much for your time. That's Russell Silverstone and Investec Asset management in London. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.